It is good to be here with you this morning, and I appreciate the invite from Eric. They are in China, um, so uh, continue to pray for them, and you know when they get back, they will have a ton of pictures. We were laughing about in the early service that Melissa will have a story, Uh, and so we we got it narrowed down to like three. A, she was almost arrested uh, for doing something, you know, uh, anti-cultural over there, Uh, maybe even spent time in prison while she was there or had uh, come real close to falling off the wall, one or the other, but there'll be something, and we're looking forward to hearing that uh, when they return, so pray for them. Um, and then, uh, so this morning, I'd like to ask you to, to uh, uh, make a fresh, or give a, a fresh thought or a fresh perspective to this idea of prayer. The moment I say that, or the moment I even just announce, hey, I wanna talk to you about prayer, most of us already put a little check mark by it, or most of us already have this you know, this is what it is, and this is what it's been, and this is what I understand it to be, and it probably is all of those things, but I want to ask you about taking a look at it in the sense of what if it's more? What if it's something, what if there's something there that you've never thought about? What if there's more to it? And because there is, Uh, And it's not because I know uh, the more, I just know when you're talking about prayer and the potential of you meeting and talking with God, that's like saying that you understand the entire universe. There's no, none of us do, we just know that there's more. So whatever we know about the universe, what we do know is that there's more than what we know. And chances are we know less than what we know. Uh, about it. And the same thing to me with this idea of prayer. It's been a part of my life. I've heard this. We were, I was raised in church from just a, a, a small child. So prayer, prayer meeting, prayer time, prayer gathering, prayer groups, pray for me. Uh, uh, something's uh, taking place or I'll pray for you. Are you asking for prayer? We are so familiar with the idea of it that maybe, just maybe, that what's, what else is out there and what's more about it maybe gets lost in the familiarity. So I want to ask you to uh, just as if you were hearing for the first time that you could commune or communicate with the God of all the universe and how that would just, that would take up your entire life. Whatever you were doing and whatever you had planned to do today and whatever was on your mind, that would, all, it, that would all be set aside because of this. Are you kidding me? I can talk to the God of all the universe. And not only is he God of the universe, but he's my heavenly father. Just uh, don't, shoot so, uh, don't shoot past it so fast or just wrap yourself with the things that you know to be familiar with to where we lose What is more? Um, Anytime you ask somebody about the idea of prayer, 99.9% of the time, all your responses are going to be positive. When we talk about prayer in general, people that don't pray will even ask other people to pray for them. And no one ever hardly has a bad response to, hey, I'm praying for you. Maybe they're going through something in their life, and they may not be a Jesus follower themselves, but the fact that you would be willing to pray for them, that turns their heart towards you. And so they have, prayer has good connotations. It's got good vibes. The difference sometimes is when we talk about our particular or personal prayer life. 
So if I say that, hey, I've got a, I want to talk to you about prayer, it's like, oh yeah, love prayer, believe in prayer, the power of prayer. And then if I ask somebody about their particular prayer life, your prayer life, and it's like I'm getting personal now, then all of a sudden it's, it can be a sore spot. Sometimes our thoughts are, well, I don't pray enough, and uh, I know I should do more, and sometimes, pastor, I get so aggravated with myself, I'll start to pray, and then my mind will wander, and before you know it, you know, I've already sort of in my mind ran the kids to school and had them at practice, and then I think, I'm supposed to be praying, and then we just get so frustrated with ourselves about it. I don't know what all prayer is. And I don't know all the ramifications for it, but what I do know is it's not meant to be a sore spot to you. Prayer is meant to be a good thing. And your prayer time with you and your Heavenly Father is meant to be an encouraging thing. It is not to be a test of your willpower. God's not testing you to see just how dedicated you are. Let's see if you can stay conscious, right, for your entire prayer time. He is not trying to test your willpower. He doesn't want, he's not trying to see just how serious you are. That's, that's not your father. That's not how he wants to interact with his children. I know this. I know that it's not a, it's not a, negoti- a negotiation. That's not God. He's, listen, it, and it sounds sacrilegious. I understand that. But if it's about a negotiation, the Lord is a terrible negotiator. Because he gave me his son before I ever did anything. So he already gave me his best. You don't negotiate that way. You don't give somebody, if you're negotiating with somebody, you don't give them the best and then say, hey, can we now come together? But that's exactly what the verse says in Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him Freely get freely give us all things. So he didn't freely give us his son, but now we got to negotiate all the other blessings. That's it's so prayer time is you're not wrestling something out of his hands. That is not your heavenly father. Uh, it's not a competition with your past. Well, I prayed more last year. I prayed more last week than this week. I prayed more yesterday than uh, than today, and so I'm doing. Your prayer life will ebb and flow just like every other relationship in your life. There'll be times in your life where something will be heavy upon your heart, and I'm assuming that you will pray more during those times. There will be times when you're going through a tough time, a sickness or a heartache or your heart is broken. You're you're just going to find yourself spending more time with God. Don't get to a place to where you compare that to because then what you're going to sell yourself on is the idea that you have to be going through the valley in, to, in, in order to enjoy the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, friend, that's not the relationship your heavenly father wants with you. He doesn't want to see you walk through the door to a meeting with him because he feels like you're obligated to show up. No one wants that relationship. No one wants to, when you walk in the door, he wants you to walk in the door because you wanted to walk in the door. You couldn't wait to come into the door, and he couldn't wait to see you. And he's, and he's not watching his watch when you come walking in the door to pray. He's not sitting there saying, well, yesterday you spent 15 minutes, and today's 13 minutes, and are you sure your heart's okay? And maybe tomorrow I would like to spend a little more time with you. Or as soon as you walk through the door, it's like, whew, where you been? I, you know, but, you know uh, but it's about time you show up. 
Who wants, to, who wants to talk? Who wants to fellowship with somebody? That's not your heavenly father. So I want to, uh, what it is, what the prayer time is, and again, I don't know what all it is, but here are the things that I want you to discover about you and your prayer life, that it should be life-giving, soul-feeding, faith-building, and spirit-lifting. It is a win, 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 win. Because the entire space that we'll talk about in a moment, the entire space is because of him and his goodness and his grace. Whatever it is, prayer should be a joy. You should find yourself sort of losing track of time. You should find yourself in his presence more often and not even really, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a to-do list thing. It's not a, I checked this off today, I, you know, I exercised and I took my vitamins and I prayed. Friend, it's now, I'm, I believe prayer is a discipline. I understand that, but it's so, much, it's so much more than that. This is a relationship between you and the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, and your heavenly Father. And I want to I sort of describe to you what he went through so you guys could have uh, this meeting and so this joy uh, can be discovered. So, there's a, a common phrase throughout the scripture, and, it, and, it, and it's not just praying in the spirit. There'll be a lot of in the spirit, but we're talking about prayer this morning. But it's this idea of praying in the spirit and what that means. This idea of I'm in the spirit, and I'm praying in the spirit. Paul, when he's writing to the church at uh, Ephesus, he ties it into the full armor of God. He talks about going through life and, uh, and being able to withstand what the world throws at you, make sure you have on the full armor of God. And a part of that is this praying in the Spirit. Because if you're, not, if you're not careful, you can be worse on yourself than the Lord is about your prayer life. He, we may not have to worry about the devil and what he brings our way. A lot of times Christians are our worst enemy. We beat ourselves up so much to where the devil doesn't have to do much. We, we, we almost live in a continual state of defeat. And so uh, Paul's, when he's writing to the uh, folks at Ephesus, he says, make sure you have on the full armor of God. And a part of that is this praying in the spirit, praying in this space that I'll talk to you about in just in a second. Praying in the Spirit. He says this in Jude, and he ties it to this other phrase, and I love this phrase, and it's sort of the one that I want to build on in Jude 17. They're just verses because there's uh, not any chapters. But he talks about this praying in the Holy Spirit, but then he uses this phrase, keep yourselves in the love of God. You ever read that and marked that and thought, what? Keep yourselves in the love of God. In other words, keep myself in a place to where God will love me? No. God loved you before you ever came to him to begin with. For God so loved the world. Before, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's no place that you can go that's outside of the love of God, but the, but the command is to you. It's, what it's saying is keep yourself in this space, this mindset, this heart set. Keep yourselves in this space to where you feel and understand and embrace the love that God has for you. Don't go outside of that. And if there's any instruction, if there's any development in your Christian life that causes you to doubt 
God's love for you or, or causes you to believe that God's love for you is tied in some way to your behavior or your performance, dear friend, then you're going outside of what God has set up for you. It's this in this space. I drew it out on this little rug. Um, so it's, it, it's, we're not talking about a specific location, though I think specific locations are great. Maybe you have a certain uh, chair that you like to pray in or a certain room or a certain place that you like to go. We're not talking about a, a specific location. When I talk about a space to pray from, I'm talking about a space that, that an understanding, a mindset that you've created in your own heart and mind. And it's from that place that you're praying. Pray from here. I want to talk to you about this, this uh, the, uh, the ambiance that's set up in this room, how you're sub, what the Lord wants you to feel when you're in this space. And then once you've created that space, then take that space everywhere with you. In other words, this is like a magic carpet, right? So it goes with you. You stay on this. Keep yourselves in the love of God understanding what the Lord has went through to get you to this space, to allow you in this space, and how he so enjoys his time with you when you're in this space. And this space can go beyond you just praying or you just mouthing words to the Lord. This space, you can just, you can just live in this space. This idea of praying in the Spirit uh, giving ourselves over to the Spirit to pray for us sometimes when we don't even know what to pray for ourselves, but it's this space in which uh, I want to pray for. So, pray, uh, pray from here. There's two freight or two uh, ideas that I want to cover with you uh, briefly. These are writer ideas. This ambient introduction and uh, circumferential. If I can say that right, it's basically the boundaries or boundary statements that you set up. This is what a writer would use when they're trying to paint a picture of the feeling of the room, right? We, uh, you may say the ambiance of a restaurant. I wouldn't say that, but maybe you would say that. I wouldn't use that word because I'm not for sure exactly what it means. But I know that it's about the feel of the room. You say, oh, that restaurant had this great ambiance, and, and, and ambiance is sort of hard to describe. It's just how you felt. It was the lighting. It was the, the music in the background. It was the furnishings. It was just how you felt when you were in that space. It's that space. It's that space that I want to set the ambiance for when we pray. Not that we have to have candles or not that it has to be quiet. Sometimes it can be in noisy spaces. But we're talking about this idea of where you're praying from. And then these boundary statements. So these boundary statements are, I'm going to set some statements up, Lord, while I'm praying. And if you ever hear me say anything that contradicts those boundary statements, let the boundary statements stand because that's my true heart. And then you just know whatever I said, Lord, I didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about. Lord, if I ever come to a place to where I'm blaming you or I'm, I'm pointing my finger at you or I'm doubting your love or doubting your grace or doubting the fact that you're in, in control or doubting any of that, Lord, th that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna run up against these boundary statements that I want to set for myself. So I'm going to create this, this uh, ambiance, this feel while I'm here, and I'm going to set up some boundary statements while I'm praying that guides me uh, all along the way. So, 
with that, uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn. I've got more scripture than what uh, I wanted to throw up on a screen, but I want to read you this passage from Romans. Romans, Paul writing a letter uh, to the Christians in Rome. It was a place or a church he didn't uh, establish himself, but writing there has the authority of, a, of an apostle uh, to write to these Christians. By the time he gets to chapter 8, he is like in the thick of foundational understanding for any Christian going forward. And it's what he says here that I want to draw to your attention. He talks about this idea of the Spirit praying for you. He talks about the idea that Jesus is interceding for you. And he talks about the idea of nothing being able to pull you away from God's love. And yet the verse said, keep myself in God's love. So again, you may be your worst enemy concerning your relationship to the Lord because if you're in Christ and trusting in Jesus, you're good with God. Fact is, friend, you can't be any more right than what Jesus has made you right. You're right with God because of Jesus, not because of you. Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. Jesus had no sins. So when you came to Christ, all of the forgiveness for your sins was paid for by Jesus and dying on the cross, but all the good things that he did, all those good records, all that good, all of his righteousness was transferred over to your account. And that's the account that, that's sort of like the report card that you walk into this space with. It's Cover, it's sins covered by his blood and his righteousness applied to your record. Can you imagine? And your name is at the top. Your name is at the top. You're going to go into the presence of the Lord in prayer. And, and you think to yourself, oh, man, you know, I, I've got this going on and I need forgiveness for this and I need forgiveness for that. And I know I've asked the Lord for this before and he's just got to be so put out with me. Friend, he is not put out with you. He loves to see you walk into the room. He died, he sent his son to die for you so you could walk into the room, so you could have that relationship with him. He longs to see you walk into the room and he doesn't wanna hold that over your head out for, for you to feel obligation. You, he knew you can't, we all fall short of his glory to begin with. That's why he sent his son to start with because you couldn't get into his presence because of our sinful state. And so when we do walk in, he doesn't want you to feel guilty, just grateful. And that's the presence in which we walk into the Lord with, this, this, this uh, uh, a place that he has created for us. Let me begin to read. Likewise, he says, the Spirit also uh, helps our infirmities. The things that we got going against us, the things that are holding us back, sometimes physical, sometimes spiritual, mental, whatever it is, the Spirit is there, uh, it says, to help us. For we know not what we should pray for, that's sometimes, and we don't, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. Look at this, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you ever come to the Lord and just said, Lord, I don't, I'm not even sure what to say, or I'm so distraught, I'm so hurt, Lord, I, 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 it, it's so painful. I don't even know how to put this into words. And God's like, well, you, you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, and he's here to help. He is here to speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. 
And when you might sort of get off track, he's like that lawyer that says, hey, let me take it from here. Lord, and, and so then, you're the, then the Spirit of God starts to speak for you, and it's like, uh, Father, I know he said that, but that's not what he means. I know he said that, but that's not what he needs because I'm dwelling within him. You made the, God made the space available through his son to die for us, to be in his presence together, and the Spirit of God is praying for you. Who wouldn't want to take advantage of this? And he that searcheth the hearts, the scripture says in verse 27, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, verse 28, that all things work together for good. This is a part of that boundary that we're gonna set up in just in a few moments. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. Who he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to all of these things, it says? If God be for us, if God's for us, who in the world then could be against us? Look with me in uh, 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 Verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's the, that's the room that you're walking into. You're not walking into the room of a stingy father. You're not walking into the room of a God that says, oh man, I've been waiting for you to, come, to show up here because I, I, I'm, I'm going to take you to the woodshed, so to speak. I'm going to, boy, you know, I've done this for you. You're not walking into a contract. This isn't a negotiation. He's given you his son up front. What else is he going to withhold from you? And how, if he withheld any other good gift, how that would cheapen what he's already done. Look with me in verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. In other words, it's, it's the Lord is the one that made this whole thing, this whole idea of taking my sins, applying Jesus' uh, 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 death toward my sins, and then transferring righteousness, Jesus' good deeds, over onto my record. All of that transactional stuff is because of God. He's the, it's uh, he's the one that controls the ledger book, so to speak. So if I'm right in his eyes, I don't have to be right in yours. If I'm right in his eyes, if I'm not right in my own, it's my own fault because of what God has done for me, the, the, the place that he has created for me in which to live this Christian life. Look back with me. Uh, verse 34, who is he that condemns? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, watch this, who also maketh intercession for us. So the Holy Spirit's interceding for me. He's uttering things sometimes that can't even hardly be understood. So, I mean, he's uttering, he is, he knows my heart better than I do. He knows what I need more than I do. And he's in this space with me, speaking up for me. And then it says here that Christ is also interceding for me. 
Who then, obviously then you could understand how, how we get into verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? As it is written, for we that are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, I say, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither height uh, or death or life or angels or principalities or powers, things present or things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the space, friend. This is the space that God himself created for you to come together with him. And this prayer time, this, 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 these moments in prayer are created because of God's love for you. And when you walk into that space, man, have you ever went somewhere to where you were the one that they were anticipating to show up? Maybe it was a surprise birthday party and you didn't feel it until, you know, the whole big surprise thing. Have you ever went somewhere to where like you were the, you were the one? You were the one everybody was waiting to see. And how that felt to you, maybe it, it caught you a little off guard, you know, maybe you didn't, you know, feel like, oh, I don't deserve all the attention, but you got to admit it feels pretty good. Have you ever been to a place to where they wasn't too excited for you to show up? And how that feels? Friend, when you walk into this space that God created, for you to walk into that space to fellowship with him, you are the apple of his eye. He is tickled to see you show up. He loves it. He smiles. You have a heavenly father that, went, that gave his son so you and he could have that space together uh, in prayer. So here's this uh, introduction, uh, this ambient introduction that... So, Here's what you would want to remind yourself of just before you pray. So I come to this space. I come to God with the Spirit of God. I have the Spirit of God within me. While I speak, the Spirit is speaking for me. I mean, he's got my back. And he's, he's praying on my behalf. Do you see how God has, you would almost have to say, rigged the system to your favor? He set up this prayer system to, to your benefit and to your favor. In other words, you're, you're, you're not, you can't get messed up with a technicality here. Well, I didn't say this and I didn't say that and I, was, and I forgot to ask for forgiveness for that. And maybe he's holding that part against me and, and I really didn't negotiate well. And the last time I tried to negotiate with him and I told him if he would do this, then I would do that. And I failed to do that and so now I'm embarrassed to come back. Friend, he gave you his son up front before you got saved. Why in the world would he hold anything else good from you? So then you would say, well, then why is he holding anything good from me? There's a, 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 a few suggestions, but one might just be timing and your own maturity level. He wants you to, uh, to grow into the good things that he has uh, planned for you. So while I speak, the Spirit speaks for me. And if I'm asking anything off or anything amiss, I got the Spirit to back me up. And, and along with that time while I'm there, Christ is interceding for me as well. You're talking about a, a team that you've got around me, knowing this, and to me this is the most important. 
that God gave his son for me and you so we could have the meeting to begin with. So when you walk into that space, this space was provided by God by giving his son so we could have the meeting to begin with. And if God gave his son so we could have the meeting to begin with, how do you feel like that? How does that set up the meeting? What kind of, what kind of meeting am I going to have with my heavenly father knowing that he loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son so I could step into his presence to start with. Regardless of the conversation, regardless of what I understand about prayer and how I ask and when I ask, and regardless of all the ramifications of prayer, just the fact that he gave his only begotten son to provide me with the opportunity to pray and to enter into his presence. That's the that's the feel of that space. That's the feel of that room when you walk in. Here's those boundary statements. So I would say it something like this. Lord, no matter what else I say while I'm in your presence, I know this. I know you love me. No matter what else I say, if it sounds like, Lord, I'm griping, I may be, and I don't think the, pro, the Lord has a pro, Speak your heart. Lord, I, I'm hurting. I know I should be more grateful, but I don't feel like it right now at the moment. Speak your heart. Because this is what I do know. Lord, no matter what I'm feeling at the moment, I know this. I know you love me. I know you know my heart better than I do. And I say that to the Lord. Because, Lord, I got some stuff that I want to say. And I, I, but I know this. I know you love me. I know you know my heart better than I do. I know you're working all things out for my good. Lord, I don't know why. I don't see how this particular thing that's happened or I'm going through is good. But Father, I know that you're, wor you're working. You're, you are working. You're not ignoring. You're not, you, you, you're not out there somewhere that I can't get in touch with. You know, you are aware of what I'm going through. And Lord, I'm not wise enough, I'm not, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see what you're doing, I just know you love me, you know me better than I know myself, and I know, God, you are working all things out for my good. And I also know this, I know that the Spirit of God who is within me, along with Christ who is interceding for me, I know that they are expressing my deepest needs, even when I may sound a little shallow. Even when the things that I'm talking about are surface things, I know that the Spirit of God that dwells within me knows my greatest need and my greatest desires. And, and the Spirit of God dwelling within me while I'm in this space is also praying for me and speaking up on my behalf. And Lord, whatever else I say while I'm here, I want to be submissive to all of those things written above. And so if it ever sounds like that I'm, you know, griping and complaining, if it sounds like I'm trying to lay blame on you, if it sounds like I'm trying to say that you're not there, I know you're here. And I know, Lord, 
and I'm reminded of what you gave so I could have this time to be in your presence to start with. Friend, that's where you pray from. Whatever else prayer becomes for, for you and grows into, I just encourage you, start there. Start in a space mentally, spiritually, and I'd even say even how you feel about your prayer time with the Lord. Start in a space understanding God's for you. Not only is he for you, but he gave his son to die for you before you ever did any one thing toward him or for him. He loved you that much. The very fact that you can bow your head, close your eyes, and say, our Father. That moment was made possible because of the love that your Father had for you while you were still unlovable. And he made it possible for you so what kind of father do you think you're coming into the presence of? One that wants to hold something out over against you? One that wants to hold you, uh, uh, one that wants to hold up your past, whether it's past failures or past mountaintops. Oh, you used to do this and you used to, that's not your heavenly father. He longs to see you just because of you. Not what he can get out of you. Not what he can get you to do. Just because of you. He loves you. Keep yourselves, Jude said. Keep yourselves in that love. Don't let anybody pull you away from it. Don't let anybody attach some sort of behavior, uh, performance. Well, if you do this and if you do that and if you do more of this and you do more of that, oh, don't run down those roads. Those are empty. A lot of us in here can testify to that. Pray from this space. Live in this space that was provided by love. I hope the message can be a help and a blessing uh, to you. Would you bow your heads with me, please, for just a moment? And we're going to conclude our service. James will come and play. Uh, our good friend Todd will be down front down here. If you're here this morning and you brought a burden in with you, we would like for you to share that with us. As most folk will be walking out in just in a few moments, you could walk forward as the service is dismissed. Uh, Todd's right here. He would be more than happy to pray with you. If you would like that prayer request to be shared with others, he'll share it with others. If you just want it to be between you and him and sort of uh, unload your burden, uh, he would be honored to pray with you. If you have questions about this relationship of Christ and following Jesus and you know you're familiar to the terms maybe you've heard some you know sport star say you know he you know thank God for his uh, relationship his Lord and Savior uh, and you want to know what that means uh, Todd would be more than happy to explain beginning this relationship with the Lord whatever that is but we'll sing pray most folk will be dismissed and you come forward if you uh, have a prayer that you would like to share with us God bless you